always am, to have the Gideons here. Gideons International is here this morning to share with us. They come often. You know, it used to be once every couple of years. Then we got it down to once a year. We got this system moving now, so I'm liking it. I think we're a couple times so far this year. And I love the testimonies from Gideons. I'm not going to give them. I'll let Randy Beasley do that. Welcome, Randy Beasley from Lake Arrowhead Camp of Gideons International. Amen. I'm going to cut apart this New Testament, and I'm glad that I can do that. That's what a girl in Albania said when she was able to receive a New Testament when she was visiting relatives at a school in Albania. She asked to have one also, and so she got one. She took it back to her hometown. And four of her girlfriends wanted a testament, and there were no distributions at their school. So being the enterprising in, with a teenage girl, usually smarter than the teenage boys, right? Sorry, guys. But <laughs> I'll make it up later to you. Don't worry. Here's what she did. She took apart the four Gospels very carefully, bound them together, and they shared those Gospels, all four of her girlfriends accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Five lives from one testament given out at a school in Albania on a distribution by Gideon's International. Gideon's International is now a hundred years old giving Bibles out. Started in hotels, 1908. A hundred years of putting Bibles in hotels. They started with Christian businessmen who wanted to, when they were away from home, be able to have God's Word there at the hotel. My wife and I have traveled a little bit. Every hotel so far that we've been to, we've found a Gideon Testament. And so what's very cool about the Gideons is it, it has in the front section of this Bible, Help in Time of Need. And when we were here last, Pastor Day shared with us that when he was at a crossroads in his career, deciding ministry, regular job, he looked in this guidance and time of decision, James 1, 5, and 6. I think he'll tell you he actually read through, through verse 9. <laughs> and it helped him make his decision. And so what's very cool is you have a chance as a local church to support a ministry that is just an extension of the local church. That's what the Gideon ministry is. We are just an extension of the local church as volunteers for a, for a nonprofit ministry. And right now, we are right at about one and a half million scriptures a week given out. We are in 187 countries, over 83 languages, where God's word is translated and given out by Bible distributions. Uh, coming up this Halloween, our Arrowhead Camp is going to be giving out the little Youth Orange Testaments. Anybody here, youth, have one of these? Anybody here wish they were a youth? Okay. I'd like to cover everybody, you know, get everybody involved, okay? We will have a chance this Halloween. Here's one in the, there we go. We have a chance to give out. We anticipate and we, we hope to a thousand 
of these at Lake Arrowhead Village. One of our Gideon members, his wife has a shop there, a business, and Sandra is going to open up her at 12 noon, and we're starting at noon. We're starting four years, four years, four hours earlier this year than last year. We anticipate. So for about a dollar thirty, dollar forty, a testament goes out. Now, as Gideons, our dues every year that we pay, my wife's in the auxiliary, it covers all the overhead for the Gideons. When I looked at this ministry five years ago, I thought, how cool is that? Because a lot of ministries, at least the ones you see on TV, you're a little skeptical, right? Right? The guy out there asking for money, I'm thinking, well, is that going to go to his Cadillac or his penthouse or is this going to go for ministry? The Gideons, every dollar donated at a church goes for scriptures. Because our overhead is covered by our dues. I thought that's pretty cool. So I decided to join the Gideons. We have scriptures in the military. They're cool because they're camouflage. Is that cool? That's right. Is it cool to have the green ones for college? The brown are personal witness testaments that we give out. Okay, we have blue for law enforcement and emergency personnel. Blue also for Spanish. And when you give out these testaments... As it says in Isaiah 55:11, God's word will not return void. He will bless his word going out. There is a college student that before college was on a field trip uh, with her uh, vacation, actually with her parents. Carrie Christie is her name. And Carrie Christie was a family, her family rather, was a atheist family and real bold about it. Carrie Christie, while in high school, went on this vacation, went to the hotel, and while her parents were out to dinner, she's there by herself, she looks and looks bored, silly, looking at the TV, ah, turned it off, found a Bible in the nightstand at the, at the hotel, and she picked it up, and she read it, and it was interesting to her, so when she left the vacation, she borrowed it, okay, and when she borrowed that Bible, she went home and she would, under the covers at night with the flashlight, read it while she was in high school. And she read the whole thing. And after she was done reading it, it wasn't the right time. She thought, what a great fiction story. Wow, that's amazing. People believe that. Well, in college, a Christian girl friend of hers invited her to a Christian concert and then to church. And Carrie Christie... ended up giving her life to Jesus because of the Gideon Bible that she stole, I mean borrowed, <laughs> while on vacation. She, she talked to her mother. She said, no, I'm not interested in that. No, absolutely. Her mother got cancer. Still, no. She prayed and prayed for her mother. And God softened her heart. Her mother accepted Jesus. Her whole family accepted Jesus. We had Carrie Christie in our international convention share her testimony like one of thousands and thousands of testimonies of how the Gideons have been used by God, used, blessed through God, through giving at churches to support this ministry. And so it's such an awesome thing when you can see they, they, they anticipate there's 2,300 people in the six-year life of a Bible in a hotel that can read God's word because it's been placed by a Gideon. There's many ways that you can help support our ministry. The examples that we have that I get to share today, I am very excited about 
Because the number one thing that you can help support our ministry is by prayer. It is so awesome. Your church, we love your church. And we feel it back. And this is my second time here. It's very cool. And when you look at praying for the ministry, you can also look at the Memorial Bible. We, get, we call it the, 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 uh, the Gideon gift card program now. Because there's gift cards, and we have a brand new rack for you outside. And there's three basic cards in the rack. Number one, thinking of you. And, it, and on the back of this card, as you give this, Thinking of you, you can for $5 per Bible in a hotel in the name of someone that you are thinking about, those Bibles are placed. So maybe you can't go on that Bible hotel distribution, but you can because that $5 will put that Bible there. You're just you, God's using someone else to deliver it, but you're the one. And when you look at the back, here is a scripture. And it says, I met a Gideon while shopping to get directions in this testimony on the back. I saw his box of New Testaments and asked if he was going or giving something away. Everybody wants something free, right? Hey, you're giving something away? So when she found out it was a Bible, he offered me one of the scriptures and explained that the gift of God's son, after he reviewed the plan of salvation from the back of the New Testament, I immediately accepted the Lord Jesus as my personal savior. Hey, how cool would that be to have someone accept the Lord in Central City Mall, right? Down the hill, that place down there that we all need to pray for, right? And so in memory of is another gift card. Recently, a friend of mine who I've been witnessing to for a while, I gave him, his, his sister passed away. Instead of flowers, he got a lot of flowers. He knows my heart and I've shared the Lord with him. I've shared the back of a testament with him. And his Catholic background is right now still in the way of salvation, unfortunately for him. But it, this, right in the back of the Testament, God's love, we're all sinners, remedy for sin is Jesus' death on the cross. You can accept the Lord and put your name and date it right here. And I'm telling Rudy about this. Well, when his sister passed away, in memory of his sister, Rosie, my wife and I gave $50. That's 10 Bibles. So he'll get a lot of flowers. And I even told him that. You know, Rudy, I know you get a lot of flowers. I wanted to give something that would really last a, long, a lot longer for your sister to honor her memory. He was touched. Still praying for him. In recognition of is another card. On the back of this one, it says, Doctors were treating my wife for cancer. During her first chemotherapy, I went to the hospital chapel to pray. I called out, God, if you are real, please let me know. At the motel that night, I found a Bible placed by the Gideons. Sounds like an answer to his prayer, doesn't it? In the book of Matthew, the Lord taught me what I needed to know. Shortly after that, my wife and I gave our lives to the Lord Jesus. Now, having a testimony on the back of that card, so that when you can remember what's on the inside and what's on the back. Now, to shift gears a little bit, the Gideons, they are... They are thinking of other ways that we all can take money that maybe we're not necessarily throwing away, but maybe it could be used a little more effectively for God's, the, for the Great Commission. And so they came up with a program called Gideon Expression Cards. And in the Expression Cards, in addition to the tribute of the memory in recognition of and thinking of you, Gideon Expression Cards have holiday cards now. 
Christmas and Easter. And they have cards for birthdays, cards for thank yous, anniversaries, weddings, graduation. So how cool is it that for a pack of six cards or four cards, it's $3 a card? And in the U.S., that's two scriptures to go out. Overseas, it's one because of the shipping. So I brought along some of the cards that I thought I would dig out just to see, because I've read these one time. Now, my, kid, my kids gave me this card, and it's cute, isn't it? I mean, five little puppies eating a birthday cake. And when I got this card, I was very appreciative. You know, thank you guys. You know, I appreciate that. Four kids, and they thought they were very proud of this card. And when it looked, you know, happy birthday from all of us, and the kids signed it, and it was very cool. And I put it in my drawer. I don't know. I don't know. There's no date on it. I do not know how long ago this was. But on this card, this was a birthday. I, I retired recently from the sheriff's crime lab. Thirty years in the crime lab. All the guys at the crime lab signed a birthday card for me. And it says, on your birthday, remember, there are three major milestones in life. Now, this, this is, I mean, you, you know, you could have a very inspirational testimony to read. Or, I mean, and they, they meant happy birthday to me. But there are three major milestones in life are when you're 16, you can drive. When you're over 21, you can drink. That's inspiring, isn't it? And when you're 29, you can lie. So, profound things to remember. Now, this can be the message I will read again or the testimony to read again. And my wife gave me this one for my dear husband, right? I mean, I was, I was touched. This was, let's see, it says two more years and you'll be 40. So this is just a couple years ago. Plus maybe 12, but hey. So here, in the, and here is, is something I read that my wife... Now, this card, I, I mean, I'm sure that Gibson or uh, Hallmark or Forget Me Not American Greetings, I'm sure that they, they have, they're in business. But for $3.25, I'd rather pay a quarter less myself. I will not buy another birthday card at Stater Brothers or Rite Aid or, you know. I'm going to buy a Gideon card because every card, there's a testament or two that goes out. And so after, see me, because I can give you this, which has testimonies in it with our gift card program, the Gideon Expressions. And when you send this back to our Arrowhead camp, you can actually request at our Arrowhead camp, and we will send you a, the tribute card collection. The tribute card collection, right? Sounds like it's a commercial. But what's in here is there's three of the tribute cards and each of those with envelopes that you can send out. And so when you look at the inspiration, I love the fact of here's a testimony from someone in the military. See the cool camouflage right there? And it says, I was lonely as I walked from the induction center to join the U.S. military. A Gideon offered me a New Testament and asked me to promise to read it, saying that it will save your life. I took it, but I didn't read it for three years. During a religion discussion, now maybe that religion discussion that this person in the military was having, maybe it was because someone just got killed that was in their troop. I don't know. 
But what I know is they, they start talking about God. And he said, I remember the Testament and I used it. God's word came alive to me. Jesus became my savior. And now I'm a pastor. A pastor. Now see, Pastor Tunnel would be a great Gideon, but we don't want to take him from his ministry, so he can't. You guys get to keep him. You are blessed. But if you are a business person, a professional person, we are in the recruiting business. Okay, If the military doesn't recruit, what happens? We're slim pickings out there, right? Same with the Gideons. You can be used by God. You might have the desire to distribute Bibles at Big Bear High School, but maybe you don't have the time. We do. For that $1.30, we'll give that testament to Big Bear High and the junior highs. Our Arrowhead Camp, as a matter of fact, because we don't have as many schools within our area from Big Bear to Crestline as they do in San Bernardino, the president of that camp just gave us the green light to actually handle Cajon High School, Shannon Hills Middle School, and uh, Golden Valley, right down the hill. We have a retired doctor that works with us whose wife has the shop in the village. He has his crew. You know, he, he calls this my, my scripture crew. And they are ready to distribute. We have new members that join our camp ready to distribute. One of these stories, testimonies that I heard, I met this individual. Fletcher Turcato was a sergeant in the Marines. And he actually spent time in the brig because this Christian young boot Marine kept talking about Jesus. And he didn't want to hear it. Because Fletcher liked to go party and get wasted. And while in Hawaii, stationed there, he got wasted at the Ala Moana Hotel, trashed the room, passed out, woke up, and stole, I mean borrowed, the Bible. <laughs> Another story of the borrowed Bible. He accepted Christ. God changed his life through that Bible. Now he is a Gideon and a school principal in San Antonio, Texas. Had a chance to have breakfast with him and his wife. What an awesome testimony. And so when you look at being involved with the Gideons, if you can look at praying for our ministry, supporting the, the Gideon expression cards, the gift card program, supporting us with a tax-deductible gift, it is always nice when it is tax-deductible. Amen? <laughs> I think that God's people can usually do a lot better than maybe someone else with, your, with our income for taxes, right? If you look at here, at the program, it tells how you can, whether it be a check to the Gideons International, credit card, uh, cash, uh, no coupons, unfortunately, but other than that, you can donate, and it will be like you're going to give that testament all over the world. On the very front, we had someone share of a mission trip. They gave over 100,000 Bibles to different schools, jails, military, in Chile. 
And the, the gentleman who was involved in that distribution, they left one town, they went to another school, and they ran out of Bibles. Kids wanted Bibles. Kids chased the truck looking for Bibles. And before they left, he looked down, and some of those kids didn't have shoes. They were barefoot. And the other ones that had shoes, they're about three sizes too small because they were hand-me-downs from their brothers. And he, he got a little emotional. He said, well, there's no, they don't even have shoes. And he caught himself. And he said, why, why am I upset they don't have shoes? We just gave them the hope of salvation through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is what we're talking about. My wife and I are going to be giving Bibles out to the juvenile hall next month. And we get a chance during their time, we get five minutes to talk. And we're going to share with those kids, like we've done before. About 200 Bibles is what we expect. That can be part of you giving that Bible out. You can support the ministry. We can give it out. We thank you, Pastor Tunnel. You guys are awesome. We appreciate your partnership with the Gideons. And uh, I will be in the back. And definitely see me as far as getting one of your expression cards. Thank you very much. like for all the guys to stand up, if you would, please. Ladies, you can remain seated. Gentlemen, we're about to take up an offering. So ladies can be seated. Men standing up. Here's the reason. If you've never done this. Guys, you can't get your wallets out if you're sitting on them. And ladies, you can't dig in your purse if you're standing up. Guys, you can sit down. Just kidding. <clears throat> I'm going to ask Jim and uh, Robert to come. Let's take up a generous offering for the uh, Gideons. And, and this is something I just... Randy, I'm sorry I'm slow on the uptake here, but that envelope that we were handed on the bullet in the program... Oh, you guys got bags. I got bags for you here. Sorry. Here you go. These are preloaded from last night. Oh, Trade in the empty ones. Amen. There you go. This... Uh, I didn't... I didn't catch on to this last night, so I'm going to take a moment. If you know, maybe you came and you're you're giving. You normally try to do by credit card, I don't know, or ATM card or something. That's available here. I didn't realize that. So you could fill this out during the service and check. And uh, if you're like me, I use my American Express not because I believe in their political statements, but because they give me air miles, and we use the air miles to move missionaries around, things like that. So uh, I could put this on my American Express and get some miles out of it. Hey, can I get my check back out of that offering? <laughs> anyway, though, so you can fill that out and give that to Randy uh, on your way out this afternoon or this morning. I'm not going to keep you all late afternoon. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take our Bibles out and go to Romans chapter 13 this morning, the next few minutes together. <clears throat> Romans chapter 13. Got to deliver a little mail here. That's for you. Scooch by. These are for you guys. 
Sorry for the dead air on the recording. Maybe we could pause that. But, you know. I've elected this weekend to bypass the message that we would normally minister in tandem with the Truth Project. Now, this next couple of weeks in the Truth Project in your in your lighthouses uh, is going to deal with science. And it's uh, two weeks long, this segment, this fifth tour, as we call it. So uh, I'll, I'll pick up on that next week, I believe. But I did feel to take a detour from the tours today uh, on science and talk about something else this morning, and that's voting. Voting. What does God think about voting? Would you like to know? I'm going to tell you. Now, according to the scriptures, every Christian will be voting in this election and every election hereafter. How do I know that? You want to know what scripture I'm thinking about? Here's how I know that. Every Christian will vote in this election and every election from here on out because they're going to vote in one of three ways. One is by their ballot. Two, they're going to vote by their silence. Or third, and this should be considered because we do have believers who have lost their right to vote but they have not lost their right to influence. So we're either going to vote by our ballot, we're going to vote by our silence, or we're going to vote and help others by our influence. That's how I know every Christian is going to vote one way or another in this election. If we vote by silence, all we are going to do is withhold our moral values from influencing the culture that we live in. If we vote by silence, we will lend a greater weight to those who may be in opposition to what we believe. By the mere fact that we have the gift of vote, and it really is a privilege, it's a gift, it's an honor, to have the possibility to vote in your country I see it as a responsibility. Now here in Romans chapter 13, it says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Custom 
to whom customs, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. We have actually included this passage of Scripture in the bylaws of our congregation. If you're a member here, we have Romans 13 listed in the bylaws of our, of our membership that says that we believe in supporting, fostering, being involved in good government. And here's my simple explanation why. If I, according to the Scriptures, have to be subject to those who are in authority, and I have a choice to pick who they are, that makes good sense. That makes good sense that God has given us the privilege to help choose who we're going to be in authority under. Amen? Amen. And so we put it in our belief structures that we should support, foster, be involved in, and promote good government. You know, this nation is still the leading nation for sending financial support to missionaries around the world. We can preserve that even longer if we'll be involved. If we'll cast our vote and we will not vote by silence, we'll vote by ballot. Matthew chapter 25 is a, probably a fairly known passage for lots of us. Starting in verse 14, Matthew chapter 25, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one... He gave five talents to another two and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Can you stretch your imagination a little bit with me this morning and see that in our hand is a talent and we call it a vote? It's a privilege that the Master still has given to us in this country as a gift. And yet it's not entirely ours, is it? We're, we're called to be salt and light in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. We're called to be salt, and if salt loses its flavor, how can it be reseasoned? the Bible says. It's not good for anything except to be cast out in the road and walked underfoot. And no man takes a light and, and puts a lid over it, but rather we set it up and uh, uncover it so everybody in the room has light and everybody can see it. We don't hide our light. If a, and you are called a city on a hill and it can't be hidden. We're supposed to be bearing our influence externally. And here the Lord gives us and grants us a privilege in this nation to vote. And we need to understand that there will be an accounting. There's going to be accountability that goes with any responsibility. You have accountability. Whenever you're given authority to act, there will be an accountability that goes along with the responsibility. Amen? And so the master comes back and says, call the guys in. Let's see how things are going. The guy with five says, i got five more. He says, what, to, what does he say to him? Well done. Well done. You've been faithful in a little bit. Here's a lot. To the guy with two, i got two more. Good job. Put him in charge of some more stuff. Faithful in little, be faithful in much. The guy with one shows up, dusts the dirt off of his, says, I knew that you're an austere man, and I don't, I just, you know, here's what's yours. What was the master's response? He took the talent away from him, gave it to the one that had plenty already, because he knows how to manage his. 
And then he said, you're lazy. I do not want the indictment against myself or you on the issue of the responsibility of our voting to come down to God saying, you are lazy. You know, a lot of people don't vote because they don't understand things. I mean, if you open that book, anybody else read it? I'm a beaver. I mean, beavers write those books. You know, analytics and, and uh, we, we like numbers and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We actually go in there and go, oh, look, they struck this one word out of that whole pamphlet. You know what I'm talking about, the voter pamphlet? Or is, it, or is it foreign to you? Now, I won't, you know, ignorance is one thing, but being lazy is another. And the master said, you're lazy. And then he said, you're wicked. And then he said, take that guy and cast him into outer darkness, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. I don't want to be there. I don't want God calling me lazy. I don't want God looking at me and saying, you're wicked. I don't want him casting me in the outer darkness. I know this is a stretch on this parable for some of us. The issue is responsibility and accountability and privilege. We can vote with our ballot. We can vote by our silence. Or we can vote by influencing others if we have lost our right to vote ourselves. We can still. Who's one of the greatest names that comes to mind when you think of somebody who's lost their right to vote and yet influences thousands? Chuck Colson, exactly. Chuck Colson, crooked attorney, under the, uh, got caught in the whole Watergate thing with Nixon, went to jail, gets saved, comes out, starts prison fellowship and, and is ministering in prisons all over the country and around the world, writes books. The man cannot cast one vote because he's lost his right. But he is influencing thousands with a right biblical world view. And helping others decide. Helping others who may have been ignorant before become not ignorant any longer. And they become informed and understand and know how to cast their votes. We are doing the truth project together as a congregation. And that is all about building a spiritual and biblical worldview for you. A strong foundation on which to make every decision in your life. And here we are confronted in the next couple of weeks with voting. This is where your worldview matters. This is why you build it into your life. So that when that thing comes up and the person says, vote for me. Or the proposition lifts its head and says, vote for this issue. The screen comes out. And you look at it through the screen of your biblical worldview and you say, what is my responsibility to influence this situation in a godly, moral way? We're trying to help around here. Amen. We're trying to build you up. We want you to be effective, salt and light. We together are working as a team to influence not only our, our little city here, but our county and our giant state, which could be a separate nation. Amen. It's like the fifth largest economy in the world. If they just carve us off the end of the thing and scoot us out into the ocean, we'd be the fifth largest economy in the world. Did you know that? You know, some 35 million people live in California. Half of them live in Los Angeles. Our influence needs to be felt. Now here's something else to consider. This lazy, wicked servant thought, go with me, he thought that he would be pleasing to his master if he did what he did. What am I saying? I'm saying he had an opinion. 
he had an opinion. He had an opinion about the situation. He exercised his opinion about the situation. The master came back and said, your opinion doesn't matter. Do you hear this? He'd say, oh, thank you for your opinion. Did you look at the cartoon in the bulletin this week? Huh? Voting on the Ten Commandments. Can we vote on some of these? No, you can't vote on those. Those are not the Ten Suggestions. Those are the Ten Commandments. Your opinion will not always matter to God. If God comes and says accountability on your vote, you say, well, I had an opinion. You know, there are, and I, I'm speaking for God, so I have to be careful, right? But I'm not sure he would say it this way. But we've said it. Hey, listen, when I want your opinion, I will give it to you. Right? He's done it. It's right here. It's here. We don't have to guess. It's here. Let me give you a little scriptural backup. Isaiah 55, and this is one that the Gideons lean on all the time, and I appreciate it. Isaiah 5, 8, 9, on to 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and don't return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth from bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God's word is what matters, not my opinion. Now, God has given us free choice. In our country, we have choice. We're gonna, I sat yesterday in my house in the afternoon with my wife at the kitchen table and voted. I'm done voting. I'm already in. All I gotta do is, Put the 59 cents on that envelope and it's gone. And we sat and we agreed about almost everything. And we actually did agree on everything. You know, husbands and wives have that thing where, who are you voting for on that one? I'm, I, I don't know that person. You know that person? I know that person. I'm voting for that person. Okay. I'm going to vote for the other guy. I mean, you're going to vote yes, I'm going to vote no. I'm going to cancel your vote. Sad, huh? Anyway, we didn't do any of that. But you know, when, it, when, when I got done, and I put it all together, and I got it in the envelope, got it all signed, and I licked that yuck stuff, that glue, and I sealed my envelope. I do these things in private, and I tell you about them in public. I'm sure you never do anything like this, because you're probably sane. I sealed the envelope, and with her sitting there, I said, you know what, I just voted. I just exercised a free right of living in a democracy and a republic. And nobody's standing over my shoulder. Nobody's looking at what I did. Nobody's going to reject what I've done. It's very accepted. I did it in the peacefulness of my kitchen. I did it in the wonder of being part of something that's way bigger than me. And I'm excited about it. Now, can you imagine doing that all by yourself? (laughs) I'm the guy that drives across Stanfield Cutoff and rolls down the window and yells out the window, Because I love it. I look out there and I go, I can't believe I live here. And so I just shout it out the window. Some of those fishermen. Who's that guy? 
On some things we should be unrestrained. On some things we should be very excited and happy. And when we vote, and we vote informed, and we if you don't know, ask. We'll help you. If you need insight, I'm glad to talk about it. Every year about this time, I have people knocking on my door and calling my phone. Pastor Jeff, tell me how to vote. And I don't try to say, okay, just go with these numbers, you know. If I have to, it's the last day that I'm just giving out what I believe. And I will influence your vote. If you don't want to vote, bring it to me. I'll vote your ballot. I think that's illegal, though. So I will help you vote your ballot. So I won't vote your ballot. But my opinion is not going to count when God wants to have me give an account. I need to vote what's right. America's in the throes of such moral conflict right now, especially in the polit- political area, that, you know, the values of this book, moral reason, based on the traditional biblical view, is being opposed everywhere. I mean, we are fighting right now for abortion, the issue of homosexuality, sexual promiscuity, gambling, the definition of marriage. These are just a few that are on the line right now again. And some are throwing their hands in the air and saying, you know what, we've, been, we've done this before. We voted for this in 2000. It's been overruled. Now we're going to do it again. How long will it be until we do it again? I, say, I don't know, but when it comes up, we'll do it again. Because the enemy is relentless, but so is my God. Amen. According to the Scriptures... Our money, our words, especially our words of approval and our efforts bring us into alignment with those things we support. Now, Lucy, I'm sure this is what you were talking about. If not, you remind me. But, for example, how many of you drove by Stanfield Cutoff yesterday and saw the yes on eight signs, huh? All the people out on the corner. It's open to you. You can participate. I was particularly impressed as I was waiting to turn left on the Stanfield. Over in front of the Arco was this little boy named David. I mean, he's only this tall. He can't vote. But boy, is he bearing influence. He's got Prop 8 signs all around him like a camp. And he's inside of it with his other one going like this, you know. And I said, David, you just keep it up because you are fighting for your future. You are defending your right to marry a woman someday and have people applaud that. And when he stands out there, or I stand out there, or I write a check to buy signs, or I put up stickers, or I tell people about it, I stand in the pulpit right here and say, yes on eight is the way to vote. Then we are bearing influence and we are bringing to bear the biblical moral structures that need to guide and continue to guide our nation. Because when I vote, when I lend my support, when I speak on behalf of, I am aligning myself with the person and the issue. Think about it. Listen, in Second John, this might be a little obscure for you, but John is writing little epistle, Second John, near the back of the Bible, just ahead of Revelation. We have three little letters, First, Second, and Third John. It's only a, all of 13 verses long. Next time somebody asks you if you read a good book, be sure you read this. He said, I just finished reading a book. It's 13 verses long. 
John's warning the church in verse 7. He says, Many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. People are knocking on your door. They're coming through your computer. They're on your TV and they're in your radio. They're in your car with you. And they are constantly knocking on your door and saying, greet me, greet me, greet me. Vote for me. Vote for my proposition. Vote for my issue. Or vote no on something. When you welcome them in, when I welcome them in, when I, when I lend my vote, when I cast my ballot or I go to the touch screen in my polling place, or I speak to somebody else, or I write a check to support it. This right here tells me that I am sharing who I am with them. That makes it pretty serious. The spiritual dynamic of our vote sometimes is not considered. Isn't a vote an expression of God's speed? That's not a word that's used commonly. Somebody says, hey, you know, I'm going to do thus and so. We say, God's speed. In other words, let his wind be in your sails. May he be the impetus and the driving motivational force behind what you're doing. God bless you. Could you stand back from your ballot book and on this measure, Proposition 4, God bless you. Parental right to notification before an abortion of a minor. We shouldn't even have to be voting on these things. But we are. So stand back from your ballot and say, God bless you. God speed, Prop 4. And then you go to the Protect Marriage, Proposition 8. You say, can I say God speed? Yes, I can. Bless you. Let my vote push you on. Let my agreement with you shout out, I believe in this. How about presidential candidates? You ready for me to tell you who to vote for? I can't. It's illegal. I cannot stand here and tell you that. But I can tell you the same thing, that when you stand back and you say, you draw your little line or you touch your little screen, you're saying, God bless you. God speed to you and your agenda. doesn't matter if it's there or for a school administrator or for an airport district or a CSD leader. This is what we're doing with our spiritual dynamic. See, we're people of prayer, aren't we? We had a prayer meeting here on Friday night for a couple of hours, and we believe from the Scriptures and from our actions that we had influence in the spiritual realm. We believe and accept that when we ask, God answers. And when we stood in agreement in this room next door, uh, about 30 of us together saying, God, let your spirit rule over our community. Let the Lordship of Jesus be honored here tonight and let it permeate the atmosphere in which we live. Let Jesus rule. That it actually happens when we pray in agreement with God's kingdom agenda. It unfolds in the spirit. We can't see it, but we see the results of it. 
Isn't that how Jesus said those who are filled with the Spirit, they're like the wind. They come and they go. And you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. It's like the wind. You can't see it, but you see its effects. And so when we, when we speak in agreement with God's Word and His kingdom agendas, and we pray in agreement as touching anything on earth, our Father who is in heaven acts in our behalf and acts in behalf of Himself and His kingdom. And things change. Things are altered. And we can't often see the results. Cool, huh? I mean, we live in a different world. We're in the world, but we're not of this world. We have a different kingdom to operate in. And so there is a spiritual dynamic to the pressure of our moral structure into culture. Don't lose your influence. You know, God is victimized by abortion. Homosexuality troubles God. He tells us that. In fact, he says it's an abomination. And some are going to have to go get their dictionaries out to find out what that word means. What will he think or do if I lend my God's speed, my spiritual dynamic, to those who support such things? What side am I on in the spirit? It's a question we should ask. You know, there are a lot of things that we could disagree about. And many of you got an email from me this week where I passed on Dr. Dobson's summary. You know, I read it and I thought, he always says it so well. It would just be easier for me to forward that. And listen, I had to do those five emails at a time. I couldn't just do this giant, massive email. It took me an hour and a half. And I thought, I'm going to let this influence go. I need to do what I can do. I'm going to act in the way I can act. So I sat in my little jammies and my little laptop, and I put your addresses in by hand, five at a time, and sent. Five more, sent. I made it to S. If your name starts with a T or a V, I'm sorry. If I didn't somehow skip ahead and get to you. But I, I wore out and I ran out of time at S. Going through a database. We have a thousand names in our database. I'm glad I know how to type. And thank you for letting us have your email addresses to do it. But you know what? While I was doing it, it never occurred to me that anyone would disagree with me. I started getting emails back. I thought, whoa, I'm being challenged. Yeah. And you know what? I took a couple of calls, got a couple of emails back, and I was sharpened by those who said, you know, you, have you considered this? Do you... I don't agree with Dr. Dobson on every point, and here's where I don't agree. And I thought, wow. I, I mean, I'm kind of simple that way. Oh, gee, somebody disagreed with me. Oh, that's not supposed to happen, is it? I'm not a politician. Come on. No, but anyway, you know, politics and religion, it stirs the boat. It makes things rock and roll. So I spent the week answering a few questions and giving a few opinions and, and agreeing that it's good to disagree. We can disagree. But on the moral issues, our opinion doesn't matter. We vote what God says. We vote and we support the kingdom of heaven ruling in the earth. We must. Because we are required, I believe, by God as a responsibility, according to Romans 13, we are required to take our moral values into the polling booth one way or another. I'm going to close the service this morning by letting you listen to Jerry Johnson, Dr. Jerry Johnson, 
about four minutes a clip out of a message that I heard when I was in Baton Rouge a couple of weeks ago. Dr. Jerry Johnson is the pastor and founder of First Family Church in Overland Park, Kansas. And uh, those of you I just handed a CD to, that's what that is. It's the whole message. And I gave that a copy of this message on CD to all of our lighthouse keepers. And I hope I've not missed one. Because I believe that we need to equip leadership. We need to encourage leadership. We need to give you the right ammunition to fire with. And uh, so that's why you have it. Stick in your car, listen to it a couple times. Uh, it's got some great factual history in it about our nation that would be good for you. And... Uh, I'm not trying to leave anybody out by not giving you a copy of it. If you want a copy, let me know, and we'll do the best we can to get them done. But I do know that we've got to spread it to leadership. Amen? And leaders, if you have the opportunity on your computer, you can make copies for the people in your lighthouses. Feel free to do that as well. But I want you to listen along to Dr. Jerry Johnson as he's speaking about the importance of this season we're in. Okay? Gentlemen, go right ahead. And so men and women... What does God require of us? How in the world are we going to have an impact in our culture if we simply avoid what is happening in our world and we become mute of the issues because we say, that's a hot one, I don't want to touch that. You know, like our predecessors before us, we too face incredible, extraordinary issues, don't we? We face the issue of abortion. We face the issue of the definition of marriage. There are some of us as pastors who have literally been persecuted because we were willing to stand up and say that the definition of a marriage is as simple as a first grader that comes to this church on Sunday. Go to their Sunday school class and ask them what a family is. And what does that little first grader tell you? A family is mommy and what? Daddy. That's simple. That's what a family is. Now think of what's coming before us, though, in just a few days. We are in a very grave situation as we come to this CGI conference here in Baton Rouge. You say, Jerry, what do you mean? Well, the upcoming presidential election will determine the course of the country for at least the next four years. But one thing we do know is that this upcoming election will probably, no doubt, we can anticipate the appointment of at least three Supreme Court justices during this next presidential term. And that impact will irrevocably determine the most significant legal issues that this country will face for the next 25 years. That's how important it is on November the 4th. Listen carefully to me in case you're not aware. This next president will, after he is elected, appoint over 400 people of like worldview to important positions of government. This next president will appoint all the cabinet positions, including the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Defense, and the Attorney General will be appointed. This next president will then elect, that we elect on November the 4th, will appoint all of the 93 United States attorneys, who will then enforce the laws of the United States in each of the 94 federal districts. The president that we elect on November the 4th will then appoint the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And he will nominate every person considered for the promotion of, to every rank of general officer, to the admiral of the military, ambassador to every country, every federal judge nominee, 
and many of the other governmental positions. This is how strategic it is that we've gathered in Baton Rouge because we might be able to get more done on our knees here together collectively to influence this nation than any politico could do on the telephone or through direct mail through the power of the Spirit of God. This next president will propose the budget to the Congress, and he will determine in the first instance the amount of funds that will be allocated to the military and all the federal employee salaries. And men and women, God forbid, but if Iran bombs Israel, or if, it, or if an Islamic terrorist 12 or 18 months from now releases a nuke on U.S. or foreign soil, this next president will be the one to direct the foreign policy and to conduct international relations with other countries, including entering into treaties with foreign nations, with the advice and consent of the Senate. And the most binding agreements will be the other nations. The most formal treaties pursuant Article 2, or Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution. And by the way, remember what it says? That the president has the use of the executive authority to conduct international relations in behalf of the United States. Let me just rehearse the one section. Three Supreme Court justices and those who watch the Supreme Court are saying possibly four in the next administration will be replaced. 400 appointments. The cabinet, the attorney general, 93 U.S. attorneys, the joint chiefs of staff, the general officer, the admiral of the military, ambassadors to all the nations, the budget controls. Federal salaries, foreign policy, treaties, and use of executive authority. Those are the things that are on the line when you shut things down and turn off the, the fuzz that's coming. Uh, what I mean by that, the static that's just in the media constantly right now, in the opinion polls. I was so surprised when I heard that Nickelodeon had conducted a vote so that kids could express who they wanted as president. Now, that's a nice idea, but I also have been able to tell you before that the Nick people, the Nickelodeon people, have a cradle-to-the-grave philosophy. They have started with, and I'll get them out of order again, but, you know, Nickelodeon, and then Nick Jr., and Nick at Night, and what it leads to is MTV. It's all one and the same. And they just pass them from age group to age group, just like a Sunday school to indoctrinate and fashion their minds to be ready for the next set of decisions they need to make. And they're after our kids' minds. That's a whole media monster right there to form and shape a nation propagandally with Nick Elodian. Now, I'm not against Nick Elodian. I don't think some of that stuff's cute. But if you don't know what you're dealing with and you just turn it on to let it babysit your kids, don't be surprised when they're MTVing it later on in life and you can't rein them back in because they'll be led there. But they, the poll comes out that says the Nickelodeon kids want this person as president. Now, when it comes across the media, it sounds like, well, gosh, I should agree with the kids. It's what the influence is about. Okay, so what I'm talking about is the media static that's coming constantly. Constantly saying, vote this way, vote this way, because, you know, and what they actually always do for us is get it down to who's, who's going to give you the most money back. Uh-huh. Where's your 
little payday coming from and who's in charge. Listen, you got to throw that stuff out. You got to turn down the volume. You got to get the static wiped out of your head and say, God, your opinion matters. God, your word and your kingdom advancement matters. What do you want from me? How can I cast my vote responsibly in support of what you want done? I know it's hard on some issues and it's very difficult to understand. You know, you got to vote three people you've never met for some community college district. And that's difficult. And uh, maybe you just need to bypass some of those. But on the ones that you know, vote for God. Amen. Yeah. Well, Lord, I pray that you'll help us in the next number of days to vote by conscience, vote by knowledge, to cast our ballot, to be responsible in good government, as long as we can before it's stripped from us. Help us to do what is right in your eyes. God, I pray that you will encourage the church, not only here but across our community and around the state and across our nation, Lord, that you will wake us up as responsible believers, that our opinion needs to come into alignment with yours about this nation and the important things that are in front of us. I pray your blessing of wisdom and knowledge and joy upon our minds and hearts together as we serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to let you know in parting two things. One is that you can go out on the corner with the Prop 8 guys. It's available to everybody. They're going to be out there this afternoon from like 12 to 6. They're going to be there Monday through Friday, every afternoon this week from 3 to 6. And then next weekend out all day on both Saturday and Sunday again, just ahead of the vote. So if you'd like to go down and spend an hour or two or encourage or pray or bless, go down there and wave a sign and wave at your community and let them know what you believe, you're welcome to join them. Just park legally, will you? Okay, Park in the parking lot or out on Stanfield, walk over. And don't you dare let your bad spirit out. You bring your happy face and leave Mr. Grumpy at home. All right? Okay, and uh, number two, this take your time to read through this. Take it with you and read through it. Uh, Pine Summit is trying to open up their property to a lot of community activity. This is like a Sunday afternoon in the park at Pine Summit in a couple weeks. Uh, I think it's next weekend, isn't it? November 2nd. And they're opening up after church, sort of like after church, come have dinner and bring the kids and hang out, do a little hayride and run the ropes course, all for like 10 bucks, and they include dinner. And I met with them this week, and it's a great gesture on their part. Anybody ever want to smash a pumpkin without getting in trouble? <laughs> They're going to have a pumpkin smashing contest up there, and you can actually do it on purpose, okay? Read that. Take your kids. Take your family. Enjoy Jesus. Thanks for being here this morning. God bless you.